Welcome back to Completely Fucking Clueless, the podcast. I am Sarah. And I am Audrey. And we're your (laughs) co-hosts. We're in such a silly mood, y'all. We just got off a Zoom with our first interview for the podcast ever. And we just had some technical difficulties. Audrey thought the Zoom wasn't recording in that all of the audio wasn't going to work. So we, you know, are a little antsy, but it's coming down with the Bellini that we're drinking yes. right now. We're drinking a Bellini this week. Yes, that is our drink of the week. Bellini from Cipriani comes in this gorgeous blue Tiffany, like blue bottle. Love her. Love her. She's great. How much was she? Like $10. That's not bad. I think it was technically ten ninety nine, but. That's not bad. That's yeah. good for ten ninety nine. Yeah. Um, I would highly suggest it as like a pre-brunch drink, like if you want a little roadie or a little pre-game moment, or like if you're having a brunch with your gals at your home. Or if you're recording a podcast. <laughs> I think I'm funny. I think you're funny too. Oh, So how was your week? Anything happened this week? Anything eventful? <sighs> Nothing super eventful. Uh, we never heard back from Wyatt slash Sean, uh, so I don't think we ever will, but I'm absolutely okay with that. Um dating it's awful um yeah no nothing super eventful how about you Hmm. this week was a tough week for sarah alice liddy it started off on a really great you know monday we work on the podcast and tuesday's the launch day so there's always like so much content and like phone 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 and then i went boom down 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 but then i was brought back up by my therapist this is why I am a huge advocate of therapy because she was like Sarah let's let's really check (laughs) like let's let's bring it reel it in and let's check the what is I'm trying to think of the word validity validity of what you're thinking in your head and today we got to record our first interview so that was such a great high point for me um you know what I've realized though this week I've spent a lot of time outdoors this week because it has been so beautiful out. It has. The sun is like shining right now and it's reflecting off my disco ball and it makes me so happy. It is. It's so, so nice. Like today I put on a dress and a jean jacket and it just feels like the weather is getting better. And I mean, the longer days, Mm -hmm. the weather getting better. I just think like my mood has, even though it was a harder week, like in overall my mood has just been so much more enhanced by the weather and the extension of daylight yeah it's really nice that it's not dark at 5 p.m um I was really I was really down in the dumps there for a while I forget every year how much it sucks and then I forget every winter how much better it gets when it stops doing that and no matter how many years of life I think I go through I think I'm going to be surprised by it every year really I feel like this was the first year that it hit me that I was like oh my gosh, like seasonal depression is really a thing. Like I was telling my mom, who's a social worker, I was like, mom, seasonal depression is real because all of a sudden I just feel a little bit more of a pep in my step from the weather and from the extension of the day. I don't feel like I felt it as much in North Carolina just because like it was more south. So we got more daylight anyway. Yeah. I think the high school that I went to, I very much because I literally, I would be in class till 6 p.m. Meaning I would get out of class after the sun had already set, mm-hmm. meaning I'd literally see no sun, see no sunlight all day. Um, and so I, I could really feel it when I would finally get to see like an hour of sunlight in the course of my day. Yeah, it's it's just felt so much better. It's made me realize, which is bringing me to my like completely fucking clueless moment of the week. My like lighter surface one was that. I would, I'm so clueless on why I never realized how like great the outdoors is. <laughs> I know that's so silly to say, but truly, and maybe it's just because in college, you know, we were under such rigorous schedules that I really didn't get to prioritize some of the things that like are good for me and my, my mind. But on Monday, no, Tuesday, I um, worked at Bluestone Lane on the Upper East Side across from Central Park. And I was just having like a lot of anxiety that day. And so 
I decided to go across the street to Central Park and literally I just sat in the sun for 10 minutes and sure I still didn't feel incredible but I felt better you know and then um that same day I took my dog to a park nearby where I live and just like seeing everybody outside and then the other day I went on a drive and went to this beach near me and I was just like wow the outdoors is magical it is nature's quite magical it is. It felt really nice. And so a, a part of me was like, why have I never done this before? Like, why have I not realized how nice the outdoors can be? Um, but now I know. So I'm getting <laughs> more, less clueless on that, which is good, which is good. I love the outdoors, but I also get hot way too fast. I'm a sweaty girl, um, which people who know me know. Um, but I also burn so easily. So like this is the great time of the year that I really get to enjoy the outdoors before it gets too hot for my body to handle. Really, I you know what I've kind of realized getting older is that sure, summer is so much fun, um, but truly the couple months in the fall and the spring where the weather is just at like a great like between like sixty five and seventy five is just optimal. It's optimal, and those days are like the best days because I'm not sweating, I'm not too cold. Oh, I just love this time and we're just sitting here and it's just the sun is shining. The disco ball is glittering and I have a Bellini. (laughs) (laughs) Truly what could be better. Yeah. So what are your clueless moments? I know you have a deeper one that you really want to get into. Yes. So I'm not going to do surface level one this week just because I think my deeper one is a little bit longer. Um, So I've tried to sort of synthesize in my head how I was going to say this. We'll see if any of that planning works. Um, but the, the, the deeper moment that I had was, um, there's been like a couple instances recently where people who I care about and I love and I have relationships with and, um, are, are people I truly do care about have done or said things that really aren't in line with what I believe as a person and like the the standards and values and morals that I hold close to me and I, I've really been a big people pleaser my whole life and I have distinct memories of over time like people saying things that I really disagreed with or really stood at odds with who I am as a person and not saying anything and I, I've grown a lot in that and like I, I really feel a lot more solid and like I I'm at a point where now I like I stand up for the things I believe in and there's something that feels really powerful and strong and wonderful in that but there's also something that is really difficult in a acknowledging that someone that you care about and have a relationship with has done or said something that hurts you and to sort of accept and process that pain like if you don't even acknowledge it and you don't speak up then you can kind of just ignore it and let it go and push it to the side but in acknowledging that what they did or said is something that was wrong or hurtful or unkind is a lot more difficult um because then you have to actually deal with those emotions um and so it's been like a week of a couple weeks of like I feel really proud of myself and I, I'm happy that I'm the type of person who stands up for the things they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is deeply painful to like realize someone isn't necessarily who you thought they were or that someone has changed or that like your relationship can't be the same with this person. Um, and it, it, it sucks to go through that. Like, that's part of being an adult and standing up for the things you believe in but it hurts like hell so like there's this like weirdly exhilarating feeling of just like this deep pain and also like pride and joy but like I've definitely cried multiple times over it like I think the only reason why I'm not crying right now is because I've thought it through in my head what I was gonna say because I don't really feel like crying today um but yeah that was sort of my moment of like realizing that I I I am now the type of person who stands up and speaks their mind and holds true to the things that at my core are important to me. Um, But that also comes at the cost of acknowledging and dealing with the fact that someone that you care about has done or said something that's really shitty or unkind. Um, And you actually have to 
deal with that to move forward. Um, you can't just ignore it anymore. Um, and that's really difficult and relationships changing is difficult. And there's a lot of pain in that. Like sometimes you don't grow with people. Um, and it, it hurts. Um, and it, it feels awful to lose those people or to like have that relationship change. But I'm not willing to be a doormat anymore and let people get away with anything they want to say. I, I have to, like, I can't do that anymore. I have to speak when I feel something's wrong, um, even if it comes at the cost of a relationship. So that's been something that I've been going through with a, for a few weeks and like sort of came back up this week. Um, and again, like there's, there's something that feels really strong in it. And there's also just a lot of pain in it. Yeah. I think that's really admirable that you are coming into your strength with, you know, confronting issues, big or small. I know that's something that for me has been such a challenge. I have still really, really found it hard to address people when they've said something or done something to hurt me. I find it extremely hard. I think for me, it goes back to the beginning of like end of middle school, early high school when, um, I was friends with other people and, um, I ended up backing away from those friends and not really having a strong group of friends for a while. And so I think there was like a huge loss of friends um, or people in my life because I confronted issues. And another similar situation happened with a past boyfriend where I was like, hey, I, I expressed my feelings and confronted the issue. And his response was like, all right, let's just break up then. So I think I've had these experiences where I've realized that I've tried to confront the issues and it was met not in the greatest way. And so I've almost like developed this like fear of like confronting people and and that's not the best way to do it either, though, because I, now I carry around, you know, whereas you're in this moment of like I confronted and now I'm processing and and figuring out what my my life looks with or without this person, with our different relationship. I kind of go through this like we're friends, but I'm there's something in there that will always be there because I'm not confronting the issue. Yeah. I mean, like, I, for the longest time, I just wouldn't even acknowledge if it was an issue. I would just try and, like, put it in a deep box in a corner. And if I didn't acknowledge it, then I wouldn't have to actually deal with it and deal with the reality of the person in front of me. Um, and it, it's hard and it sucks. And, like, I'm, I'm very much in the beginning stages and I anticipate there will be some ups and downs. But it's, it's, they, there's situations where, like, the option to sort of ignore it just isn't like that mm. it's it's at a point where the previous methods of avoidance or whatever are like just are not an option anymore yeah. um, and so like like as much as it's a moment of growth it's it's not necessarily for me choosing it it's from like the circumstance being extreme enough to force me to be like I cannot be happy with who I am as a person right letting this and, slide by yeah um yeah which is rough no it is it's so tough like you know you talked about relationships changing and I think that's just like a huge thing that happens you know you graduate from high school you graduate from college and now your relationships like once you graduate from college like I'm feeling it the most now really do change people get there's distance people work and so people are busy um you know, I know for me, a huge, a huge thing about friendship is proximity, like how close I am to actually seeing you in real, in real life. I mean, that's the same thing as distance, but it's, it's not easy to like, look at your relationships and see that they're changing. Yeah. It's brutal. And like, like I admit, like I'm, I'm sure that people have experienced the same with me. Like I know I've changed. Um, totally. I have too. And it's, it's weird in how short of a time things can radically change. It and is. it's really tempting to just sort of go back to who you were and like just go back and fall back into the same patterns because like it feels comfortable and like there's a lot of love with that person. Yeah. 
but you can only do that for so long. Yeah, you're inspiring me right now. Thanks. It makes you feel better. This has not been an easy conclusion. No, no. I've <laughs> cried a lot. Oh, no. Yeah. Let out the tears. Like, you know, I think for me, I, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of trouble getting out of what's comfortable for me, you know, haha, <laughs> uncertainty, cluelessness. It's so hard to step into what is unknown, what is uncertain, what is clueless because it doesn't, f- yeah, it's not comfortable. It's challenging. Cause like, even if the cycle that you're in is bad right now, you at least know what it is. You know the ups, you know the downs, you know the path. Mm-hmm. Whereas choosing to break from that and deviate, there's the potential for greatness, but there's also the potential for loss and you just don't know what it is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's easier to stick with something that's kind of shitty. I mean, this gets into a much bigger thing. Um, just because you know what it is at least. Yeah. And the grass might be greener on the other side but what if it isn't I know I think that's something that really goes through my head a lot it's like I'll I'll be faced with a decision and I think my gut is leaning me toward the change toward you know going in a different direction but I think my anxiety is like well what if what if what if you know and so I really commend you for going down that uncertain path it sucks. I know. <laughs> it's, it's never easy. And I think you can do it. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, my deep, uncertain moment, clueless moment is also a little bit deeper, but um, it's a little bit deeper. It, it, it You know, it's deep in, in like my mental state. But on Tuesday, the day that I was um, working in the city and just like at a coffee shop, I, I was having like a lot of physical anxiety. Um, for me, my anxiety really manifests very physically. <laughs> Sorry, I just like touched the under part of my thigh and it was so wet and sweaty. We turned off the AC to like not have the noise going and I just realized how gross and sweaty I am. I'm sorry for interrupting that, that is- moment. I just didn't think it was going to be so wet down there. <laughs> oh, I'm stretching my legs out now to try and shift it. We love it getting hotter. <laughs> <laughs> but not in the way that's sexy. Hot physically in the temperature. Yes, that's never fun. But basically I was, you know, uh, experiencing a lot of physical anxiety this day. And it was weird for me. I was really confused because I'm like, in my head, I can completely understand that there's nothing to fear right now. Sure, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving parts, but there's there's nothing to be in fear of. There's nothing, you know. And so I think I was sitting at this coffee shop. I was actually doing some digital design for our Instagram. And I was like, like it's so weird my body felt like it was about to like seize and then my mind was like yo chill out girl like what's going on is that what your voice sounds like in your head yes totally (laughs) (laughs) it was just such a juxtaposition and you know then I end up going to therapy on Thursday and talking to my therapist and I'm like what is this like I noticed that this I think what I realized was that that moment in the coffee shop brought me back to a moment when we were in college and for anybody that went to Elon I was in a Razu coffee <laughs> the coffee shop and I was working on an assignment for an acting class and I was just like my body was like in this huge state of panic but mentally I knew there was nothing to be so panicked about like I'm just working on my work And so I think what I've realized about myself is that there's, you know, when there's a lot going on, when I have a lot of things on my to-do list, when things are happening, I get really overwhelmed, like really easily. And I think it may like just manifest into my body. And so, you know, I think my therapist gave me some like pretty good tips that I kind of wanted to share. Um, you know, if you do uh, experience physical anxiety like I do and in this way where you're like 
why is my body freaking out? But like, I know I'm okay. You know, doing things to like slow down your breath. Like, of course, I am a huge lover of the app Headspace, but I also know there's one called Calm. And uh, look, I know this is going to sound very mental health cliche for me to be like, meditation, like do a meditation. But no, really, like doing a breathing meditation is so helpful and I've gotten to the point where sometimes I'll like just like lead myself through one and I'll be like you know breathe in for four hold for four um breathe out for four um and there's different sorts of counts that you can do um for breathing um and then I know I talked about this last week and I didn't do it but I've Uh. <laughs> me to my therapist every week we talked about this last week I haven't done it yet but literally this I, is the week this I this has to be the week and I'm really really hoping on next week's episode I can come to y'all and have said I did it so um I talked about this last time but a big thing that I really think will help me because as my life is changing and transitioning and we're getting in more of a routine for our podcast you know I'm trying to make some content I have my part-time nannying job you know responsibilities like tack up and lately all I do is just write them down on one list and there's no like set time and so I'm kind of just picking and choosing and things are happening everywhere all the time and so something that I'm really gonna try this week is on Sunday I actually got this um planner from I think the brand is called Flourish Planners I'll we'll link it in our description um and it's a planner for your iPad on good notes but it's like this very beautifully done aesthetic planner um but it's already done for you and so all you got to do is like fill it out and so I'm really trying to dedicate on Sunday evening like an hour to just sit down, look at my week, look at the things that are already hard scheduled in and then look at the other responsibilities that I have and, you know, really like finding the times and finding the moments of break and when I can you know because we you know we talked to um, our guest today and and she was um, talking about how this job sometimes with content creation Um, can be 24 hours a day and I've really fallen into that trap and I think I need to learn when to shut it off which is hard to do which is hard that really took a long you know journey there um but yeah that's something that you know has been really uncertain for me is like this whole idea of physical manifestation of anxiety and like where I'm at mentally and so I hope any of that can be helpful to somebody else that's listening I'd say something that helped me a lot, like at least with like the idea of lists, um, this was something a, a teacher had us do an exercise with it's my senior year of college. Um, it was Prof Shively, love of my life. Um, but she had us write down like all the things that we need to get done. And basically it was this number system of like the things that need to get done today, you label as number one, the things that can get done tomorrow, number two, and the things that can be wait can wait until later this week or number three and Hmm. it just I know for myself like I can get a lot of paralysis when looking at like this is all the shit that needs to get done yes and it breaks it up like into smaller tasks for me that like oh I only actually need to get these three things done today instead of this 27 items on this list and it's like that can be for tomorrow and like as much as this is easier said than done like I can at least like try and tell myself like this is not a stressful thing for today. This is an issue that is going to be tomorrow. And there's no point in stressing about it today because it is a tomorrow thing. And you just have to focus on the items that are for today. So that's what I do when my life gets clusterfucky. Yeah, I feel like ever, you know, ever since we started the podcast, I've been in a little bit clusterfucky. <laughs> <laughs> clusterfucky. But no, I have because there are so many new responsibilities yes. and and you don't know how to plan them out like uh, you know things can change really easily we're still learning how to do a lot of this stuff so like, absolutely we're not, we don't like editing these episodes doesn't take me a consistent amount of time right now like it's kind of all over the place because I'm still fucking figuring it out yeah no the same thing with like 
creating the content for social media and like figuring out like, okay, how much should we post this day? Yeah, it's and, and, and I think what I've realized is like Mondays and Tuesdays because it's the day before the podcast drops and the, then the day the podcast does drop are relatively kind of more busy just because there's a lot more you want to be engaging and you want to communicate with your audience. Um, so yeah, I promise y'all leave leave comments on our social media and be like, Sarah, how did that planner thing go out? <laughs> because I'm gonna do it. Yeah, what are people's favorite planner? I had an Erin oh, yeah. Condren for a really long time, and I was obsessed with her. Literally, um, I don't know if people know this, but like uh, wildcard videos were something that were a thing for certain schools when I was applying to college. Um, Elon was one of them, and the other one was Pace. And I did a wildcard video about my planner. Um, unsurprisingly, I passed my Elon pre-screen and didn't pass my Pace one. Uh, that, idea, that checks yeah, out. That yeah. really checks out. I never passed the Pace pre-screen, and, and it completely checks out. What did I use I used the I used the Lily Pulitzer planner forever I did use that for a year um, too. um but yeah let us know your flavor planner that would be yeah I just want to know yeah. I want to know and I want to know if you guys have any tips for you know scheduling creating some more stability I think what it is yeah that's our clueless moments of the week and now on to something so exciting. Woo! We are having our first guest on the podcast this week. And Audrey and I, when we were dreaming up this podcast, spent a lot of time thinking about like who would be our first guest. And honestly, this person just kind of like came out of nowhere. Um, but she fits our podcast in like the most perfect way. Um so we are super excited to introduce our first guest on the podcast, Coley Marks. She is a Los Angeles influencer and also works as a coordinator of creator partnerships at Jelly Smack. Coley has gained over 25,000 followers on TikTok from giving insight and advice on influencing. I am like so excited to dive into influencing and social media with her because it's such an unknown industry and it's something that we are both kind of looking into right now and have been participating more in. So I'm really excited to be introducing her right now. Yes, guys, here is Coley Marks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> Y'all, we are here with, and make sure, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right, Coley. Correct. Per. For, for Nicole. It's like, okay, in college, you know, like when you go to college, you're like, I'm going to rebrand. Like I, yes. like I was Nicole in high school, but I'm not Nicole anymore. Um, so that was my college rebrand. And then it stuck. And my mom like hates it. She's like, I didn't pick out the beautiful name, Nicole, just for you to go by Coley. I'm like, fair enough. I think Coley is so cute. Yeah, I, I was about that. to say that. I really like <laughs> Coley. It's funny because people ask me like, oh, like, where are you from? I'm like, here like California <laughs> like it's not as exciting as you think it's just a nickname <laughs> my nickname in high school is Oflo and I had a uh like I was a leadership student and I was helping new students move in and I had a parent ask me if it was like Scandinavian I was like no it's an abbreviation of Olivia and flowers uh <laughs> nothing interesting to it nothing yeah, I'm actually not very exciting at all but thank you for caring <laughs> yes yeah Audrey Oflo. really took the rebrand of college to the next step she like fully changed her name yeah yeah that's the way to go because you don't want any you want to like separate yourself from high school you want to go and like have a whole new experience another miserable experience for some people I I don't want to say I had a terrible college experience but going to you know it's so crazy you guys are going to be so baffled by this did you know that they don't like gay people at Baptist Christian colleges (laughs) what (laughs) wait where did you go to college who would have known Um, I went to a small Christian college called California Baptist University in Riverside, California. And, you know, no shame on Riverside. Riverside's a cutie little place. But, like, I could have gone to school in, like, Hawaii, like, (laughs) New York, like, literally anywhere in the world. And I'm like, let me go to a private Baptist college an hour from my hometown. Um, I was a very (laughs) different person back um, when we were deciding where to go to college. So I, I grew up in a really religious household. I grew up like mm. a, a big believer in all of that. And uh, I came out of the closet. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for everybody to know, out of the closet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to specify uh, where I was coming out of. Um, I came out my sophomore year. 
Um, I had a boyfriend and all of a sudden I was like, this feels icky to me. (laughs) Um, So I broke up with him. Um, He's married. He's married now. And his wife is hot. So, you know, totally worked out. Her. Good on him. (laughs) Good for her. Good for her. Um, But yeah, so I came out in my Christian college and a lot of people like received that information really well, but there were like a lot of instances where it was not received well. People, I mean, I had people like literally look me in the eyes and tell me I was going to go to hell. And I was like, her (laughs) on my way. (laughs) That's so crazy because I feel like I've had such a different experience coming out. I mean, I came out after college, um, but when I came out, I've been so lucky where, you know, friends and family have been supportive. Yeah. But, you know, you hear about these things and that's just so crazy to me. Yeah, it's pretty like it's it's almost like a different world when you're surrounded by so many of those people where it's like that's the norm. Like if you say I literally sat in a class um, in a theater class, we were reading Angels in America. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, the whole let's talk about gay people conversation came up and a girl literally said and like I quote she said I feel like I can't talk about how I don't support gay people because I'm going to be oppressed that's a real (laughs) thing that somebody said in one of my classes and I, I just remember being like wow imagine imagine being so oppressed I can't even imagine. The it must be so hard. It must be so impressed by the game. <laughs> I mean, um, I went to an arts high school and still like I, I I never super formally came out. I just started referring to it. Like I'm the last of six kids and most of us are some level of gay. Yeah. Um so I literally speaking. like Yeah. Um so literally my parents found out because my parents were like, Oh, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going on a date with Skylar. Um and that's how they found out. But I mean like when I came out even in my high school, which literally like in Massachusetts, an arts high school, very progressive. Yeah. Um, there were still people who were they never directly said anything, but they were clearly uncomfortable with mm. being in a dressing room with me. Yeah. And they were yeah. like move away from me and there was a lot of that like they were very pro like gay men but they didn't really want the like not in my backyard thing like they didn't want gay women near them (laughs) yeah yeah I know I know that feeling I had a I wanted to do a scene from the play um what's it called I think it's called stop kiss if you guys are familiar with that yes Um, yeah it's super cute and uh so I was in a directing class and I wanted to direct a scene from it and it like launched us into this entire like whirlwind of I'm gonna get my professor fired and this one girl was like she told me that she'd be a part of it which by the way is super hard to find two girls who are willing to kiss each other at a Baptist college who would have thought that but yeah I was like this whole situation but like ultimately I feel like it was good so I met my girlfriend in college and um, we were like pretty open about it even though like literally like we risked being like kicked out of school being sent to quote conversion therapy it was conversion therapy they wouldn't tell you that um but I think like our being there and our being open about our relationship was like actually really beneficial and changed a lot of minds because I think so many of these people were you know they say oh you know they're just raised differently they're raised a certain way and it's like Yeah, but when you're an adult, like the responsibility falls onto you to not keep these traditions that you've believed your whole life. It's 2022. People are gay. Like, get with it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So I think ultimately it's a good thing that we went there, but um, it feels a little useless now um, doing nothing in the theater world. Well, I miss theater immensely, um, but I don't think it'll ever be something that I do as a career just because I transitioned so much into like working in the social media space. Um, So when our loans have to be repaid coming up in May, Daddy Biden, if you're listening, um, (laughs) please help us. We're scared. Um, But yeah, it sucks. Um, So like have to like, you know, repay a bunch of debt for a degree that I'm not really using. But I feel like if I've learned anything, it's a lot of jobs don't want you you don't necessarily need to have a degree in the field that they the job is in. You just need to have a degree. Totally. So, yes. Totally. My dad got a degree in English and works in finance. Like yeah. it's, you know. So we a question for you. So how when you left college and you how did you make the switch from like, all right, theater to social media? Was there yeah. something that happened? Like how did that switch happen for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I had every intention of being a teacher. I wanted to teach theater. Oh, cool. Um and then I was the grad, I was the first COVID grad class. So 
COVID hit when I had about a month and a half left of my senior year at college. So I was in a production of Beauty and the Beast. I was a silly girl, so silly. Uh, <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, so I, like I said, was planning on teaching and then COVID hit and I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to go right into virtual learning because we didn't know. Like this was the time when like, we weren't even talking about vaccines. Masks weren't even introduced yet. We just knew like we're shutting down and that's it. We had no idea how long. Um, so I just kept, I was literally working at a vegan fast food restaurant in college. And I just kept that job because I was like, everything is closing down. Like that, you know, fast food stays open. So like, I'm just going to keep this job. Um, so I stayed out in Riverside to keep that job, to be by my girlfriend. And then um, I ended up just getting like a really crummy customer service job, like an online customer service job. Um, and then it was during that time that I came across a video on TikTok where this girl was basically talking about how she like books brand deals. And I was like, Ooh, cause I had worked in the creator space before. So I worked in public relations in 2015 before I went to college and then kind of throughout college. So I had worked with influencers. I had worked with like different celebrities booking them on TV shows um, and just like different media outlets. Um, but I had never thought to work as a creator myself. Um, so when I saw the girl's video, I was like, oh, like I can do that. I was feeling really ambitious, I guess. Um, I was like, I can do anything. It's COVID. Uh, no one can judge me. Um, so yeah, so I ended up just trying, I went onto a influencer, um, like website. I booked my first brand deal within 48 hours with Rubio's. I don't know if you guys have Rubio's out there. It's like Chipotle kind of, um, not important. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) I booked that and then I was just totally hooked on it. Um, so really like the first year, so like 2020 to 2021 was very, um, you know, I'd make maybe a hundred, $300 a month, like working with brands, getting free products. Um, and just, you know, kind of like feeling it out. while also kind of taking people along with me on my journey, teaching them tips, um, about it. And then really like, 2022 well a little bit of 2021 I like it turned from a hobby to like a full-time job really quickly mm-hmm. um I scaled my TikTok account I scaled my um Instagram account scaled I have like 4,000 followers that's such like a, a a word that people like when people say scaled I'm like oh yeah you you totally you're scaling um I would say when you said that I was like ooh, legit <laughs> ooh, I don't really scaled. even know what that means but like yeah women in STEM you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, so it really quickly like turned into a full-time job on top of my full-time job. So, so yeah, so to backtrack a little bit, I ended up getting a job in influencer marketing for a startup app, which was an absolutely rancid experience. I worked for a company that shall not be named, although I should name them. Um, (laughs) And it was run by two angry 30 something year old men, which red flag immediately. Um, And they were like, they like kind of hated women. Um, but then they hired, like, <laughs> they hired eight 23-year-old interns, female interns, mm. just to, like, yell at them, I think. I don't really know what the purpose no. was. But my favorite quote was, um, I was, like, I would always, like, tell them because the business was terrible. Like, it was just a bad place to be. And I'd be, like, yeah, like, here are the problems, whatever. And he pulls me, one of the managers pulls me into his office. And he's, like, all you ever do is talk about, you know, negative this, negative that. And you need to stop using big words because you think you're better than everyone else. I said, <laughs> excuse me. I need to stop using big words. Um, I think I just only two me. syllables are allowed in this household. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> so that was terrible. I quit. Um, I literally quit with no job lined up because it was like that bad. Um, oh. and then I got my job that I have now at Jelly Smack. So we basically help YouTube creators and now TikTok creators um expand onto Facebook and monetize on Facebook because a lot of people don't know that you can make a lot of money monetizing your videos on Facebook. So that's yeah, what Jelly Smack so does. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just a coordinator for them. So I'm just like setting up calls, getting on calls with those creators. But it's so cool. It's like the emailing with like the YouTubers that I watched as a kid. It's like, ah, I'm fangirling. Um that is really cool. But yeah, so that's a little bit of that. That's awesome. So when you started like your journey on TikTok, did you know that you wanted to talk about influencing social media, how to get into that business? 
Yeah. So I have like a pretty clean cut strategy for this business. Um, I had like a personal TikTok account and I was just, you know, I was as equally obsessed with TikTok as anyone else um, during the pandemic. And um, when I started doing the influencer thing, I just like, I literally have a business plan like on Canva that I wrote out before even like launching this TikTok. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to like see how far I've like come just from TikTok alone. Like, and yeah, a lot of it is like hard work, but like TikTok is like a huge reason that I even like here right now or like just anywhere at all. Um, but yeah, so I, I did know that I wanted to talk about it. I pretty much said like, I'm just going to commit to basically only posting that type of content, um, where I'm teaching people how to do it. Um, and now I feel a little like stuck, I think in it, because I, I love teaching people about being an influencer and how to be an influencer. But now that I'm like actually working as an influencer, I want to just like share that part of my life Um, or just like, oh, I took this cutie little video. Like, let me put it on my TikTok account. But it just flops every time. And to be fair, like it shouldn't matter. Like if your content flops, like just if you want to just post to enjoy stuff, post to enjoy stuff. Um, But when I am like trying to run a business, it's hard because if I have like a good week on TikTok, that could be a $400, $500 week Mm. um, with like my passive you know, revenue and my one-on-one calls. So then when I'm not posting, it kind of just like adds, Oh, we're getting, we're getting deep and dark and emotional. Um, it kind of just adds this like pressure of like, Oh, I didn't go live today. Like, Oh, I'm missing out on like 50 bucks or whatever. And it's like, that's just like such like a lame way to think about things. Like I'm literally 24 and I'm like sitting here stressing, like putting that pressure on myself. Like, um, and I think a lot of and I'm not by any means a big influencer at all. I'm like the micro of micro, but I can't even imagine what these like macro creators are dealing with, like on a day-to-day basis where they feel like they have to constantly document their lives. Um, I think that's just exhausting and hard. And uh, like after this call, I have a work meeting. I'm going to finish up some stuff I have to do for my like actual job. And then I'm literally shooting content all day long. Um, that's like due today. It's not just like, Oh, for fun. Like I, it's, it's like homework. Um, and I love it, but it's, it, I don't want to be like, Oh my God, being an influencer is so hard. Cause it's not in that sense, but it is a lot of work. And I think that a lot of the time people just don't really realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, in right after the new year, I was like, I kind of want to shift for a little bit and just see. I've always loved the YouTube, Instagram, TikTok space, but I was never like confident enough to put myself out there. And so when I finally did, I remember I did it for like two weeks and I was like, holy shit, this is so much harder than I ever thought it was. Like I really just thought these girls were posting up, taking pics all the time. But I agree. It takes so much thought and planning and you know, we were, this brings me to a different point. We, before you got on the call, we were having this conversation about, you know, being authentic on your social media because so many people on these apps talk about like, oh, you'll gain a following if you're more authentic and stuff like that. And so I guess, you know, along with what you said, when you're creating this content, like how are, what are your ways that you're putting your most authentic self out there and you know, how hard is that to do on a daily basis? Yeah. I think the short answer is I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I'm being fully authentic on my page. If you look at my Instagram account, like you'd never know a, that I was gay unless I just like really give off gay vibes and I don't know it, which would be awesome. Um, but I feel like (laughs) I'm very straight presenting on my, uh, on my Instagram. No, same here. Same here. I'm straight, I'm straight fishing everyone. Um, But, like, I don't post about my girlfriend um, for, like, family reasons, and uh, and I'm scared. It's, like, I don't know if I post about being gay, am I going to lose a ton of followers? Not that that should matter. That's, like, so, like, shallow of me, but it's, like, dang, like, am I going to not be taken seriously in this space if I, like, talk about who I am? Um, And then another thing, too, like, to kind of answer your question is I, (laughs) crazy, I'm a 24-year-old who's insecure about the way I look. Who would have ever imagined that? (laughs) Um, But I am, I'm insecure. I've been, um, I've been bigger than most of my friends. And when I say bigger, I'm not, you know, big, like, but I'm curvy and I'm thick and I have big thighs that rub together when I wear shorts at Disneyland, God forbid. Um, And uh, I think it's hard to, in the influencer space. And I tried to be vocal about the fact that there is no beauty standard for influencers, but at the end of the day, there 
is a huge issue with lack of representation in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't even want to say like, I mean, yeah, sure. As like a, a plus size person, as a queer person, but obviously like race is the biggest issue. I feel like in this space, um, there's a huge lack of diversity and, uh, I, I want to figure out ways to help with that. Um, I feel like that's something I should be like pouring more time into. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to be authentic when you feel like you don't fit into that beauty standard. Um, and it's hard, you know, all these girls are posting like outfit inspo and I'm like, that would look terrible on me. Uh, I can't wear that. Like, and you just start to feel kind of down about yourself or like with my TikTok account, I like, you know, we we're talking about, I give influencer tips and I like my day-to-day -day outfit is, um, sweatpants and a baggy t-shirt. My makeup's not done. My hair's greasy. Like, and I'm scrolling through my for you page and all these other social media coaches are all dolled up and they're walking in the streets of New York. And I'm like, I'm in my bed probably eight hours a day. And that's not when I'm not sleeping. Um, <laughs> so, um, comparison is hard. Sorry, I feel like I'm making like a thousand points to your initial no, question. But apologize. yeah, I want to be more authentic. Um, I think that shit, I, I do little like photo dumps within my posts. I think that's kind of a way that I share my life a little bit. But like at the end of the day, like I don't think that I'm being fully authentic and that is something I want to change. But I think it's hard when you are like trying to, you know, quote, make a name for yourself or, you know, grow your socials or whatever. Um, you want to be liked and you want to have totally. that kind of lifestyle that people are envious of. Like I posted my, I posted a reel that was like my camera roll recently and it's so weird. Like people will comment like, oh my God, your life is a dream. And I'm thinking my life is literally me, me eating Cheez-Its in bed. Like, <laughs> and you know, I'm just showing you the best parts of moments that I've had in like the last, you know, couple of months on my Instagram. But like, that's not what my life is like. I have construction literally banging. You guys probably have been hearing the whole call. Like my apartment is dingy and crummy and like my life isn't super amazing. I'm faking it until I make it. Um, which is fine, you know, but as long as you're like authentic about that and like being honest about it. Um, but it, yeah, it is. It's hard. Yeah. Kind of building on that, like what sort of like boundaries and what do you do to sort of like protect yourself and like your mental health and everything from like, again, that sort of idea of like public and private persona. Yeah, I think I have like the Victoria Paris approach. Like you say something I don't like, I'm blocking you immediately. Her. Um, and maybe that's toxic and I know that she gets a lot of rap for that, but at the end of the day, I am super like non-confrontational. Um, so if somebody like I get a lot of comments cause I'll, you know, I'll make claims on my TikTok, like, Hey, I make, you know, two to $4,000 a month on social media. I'm an average person. And people are like, no, you don't. And I'm like, do I need to, like, there's two things I can do right now. Like I can delete this comment. I can leave it. I mean, if I wanted to, but I just don't like the negativity. Um, I could delete the comment or do I want to pull up my bank account history and prove to this person, you know, like I don't need to prove anything to them. Um, so when I get negativity like that right now, my process is to literally just remove it from my life. Um, similarly to when someone hurts me, I'm pretty quick to just like cut that person out unless it's like, a relationship I feel like mending but with social media everyone is just like a stranger um so it's it's a little bit easier to not take things personally I think my biggest struggle is worrying about like what like my high school friends or like people who I've known in the past are thinking about me like hey guys check out this new product because I feel like people make fun of influencers um they think it's cringy they think it's lame um and I think People who make fun of influencers also have absolutely no idea how much money influencers are making because we are quite literally laughing all the way to the bank. Um, but like, yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to not care what people think. So as far as like mental health goes, I think just trying to strike a balance between normal life and social media, which is hard because it's a full time. It's more than a full time job. You're literally working 24 seven. Like you can wake up and someone made a hate video about you. Not that anyone's making hate videos about me, although that would be kind of iconic. Um, <laughs> like, wow. Um, video. <laughs> yeah, but like that could go up at 3 a.m. while you're sleeping and it could already have 800 comments. Like, I feel like, you know, you never know. When you talked about like your high school friends and worrying about what they think, that was a huge blockage for me, at least yeah. in like starting our podcast, in doing stuff on social media. But like, I think your mindset is great. Like 
you know what laugh my way to the bank or laugh my way to just feeling closer to myself totally you know and at the end of the day it's a form of self-expression like i've been really trying to focus on that like with instagram because engagement's just been terrible recently like everyone's talking about like instagram sucks right now like my videos are getting half the views they used to my posts are getting half the likes they used to but i'm like yeah but have you seen my cute little feed like it looks so cute and i'm like whatever like i'm prioritizing like putting it's like a art gallery right like if I were gonna walk in a room and paste all my images and videos around the wall like this is what I'd want it to look like and that's how I'm treating it and even if my video tanks it's like whatever it's still cute and honestly like recently I've had way more brands reaching out to me for Instagram content than ever before because I'm just focused on posting the aesthetic that I'm into and the types of photos that I'm into and like that's what matters at the end of the day and it seems to be benefiting me regardless of my engagement so that's awesome um so another kind of interesting thing that I keep seeing um on your TikTok is when you'll say like people don't think that social media is like a real job yeah can you I, debunk that? Like, yeah. Like, how is social media a real job? I mean, I believe you, but for somebody listening. Yeah, definitely. I had someone comment because um, I made the argument that like, hey, as an influencer, you should never work for free, right? Because you wouldn't go into your full time job and not get paid. And someone was like, don't you dare compare social media to a real job. Like, that's so tone deaf. And I was like, I like kind of like wanted to cry because I've never been called tone deaf before. Um, That was terrible. And I totally resonate with what this person's saying, right? Like, yeah, there are people who are working like labor intensive jobs that are like obviously working significant. There are billions of people working way harder than I am, like period, 100%. And I want to give them like all the credit. Um, But I think what that person failed to acknowledge is like, I've had real jobs. I've been in the workforce since I was 16. I've worked in restaurants. I've worked with children in daycare. I've had terrible customer service jobs. I worked at an amusement park. Like I've been in the workforce. I've had labor intensive jobs before. So like, I, you know, I know what it's like to work a real job Um, and kind of like touching on what we were saying earlier, like you're working 24 seven. So it's not just, you know, like something that you can clock in and out of like my actual full-time job is so much like better for like maintenance and mental health um, because I can just do my job and then I'm done at the end of the day. Um, With this, with social media, you're never done. Um, And there's really no end date, you know? Like if you wanna take a vacation, you have to be posting during that vacation. You have to, because your audience knows. I had somebody comment on one of my TikToks, like, can't wait to see your New York content. I'm like, how did this person even know I was going to New York? Like, people are paying attention, even to someone like me who's so small. Like, this person was literally, like, waiting for me to be posting that. Um, so you, there's always an expectation. Um, and there's always just, like, there's always work to do. Cause when I, you know, don't have brands reaching out to me, I'm like, oh, should I be reaching out to brands? And maybe this does sound tone deaf to be like, oh man, my job's so hard. I have to send emails all day long. But like, it's not about the work itself. It's about the time commitment mm-hmm. um, and the, and the pressure. So that's what makes it hard. Um, but as far as like, you know, what really constitutes a real job these days, I feel like the people who are complaining that it's not a real job are people who work nine to five office jobs or who work in those like, you know, labor type jobs. And our generation, we're very focused on like work smarter, not harder, do what you love. We had the benefit of, you know, a lot of our parents worked super, super hard so that they could help us go to college. You know, I'm super thankful that my parents were able to send me to college so that I could get a degree so that I could do what I want to do. Where their generation, like they didn't really have access to that. Like neither of my parents went to college, like they worked hard to provide for themselves and to provide for our family. So you know, now we get to go and we get to do what we want to do. But I think they have a harder time understanding that. Like when I told my parents, like, hey, like I, you know, I'm posting on what I just started off was like, hey, like I got paid $150 to like do this Instagram thing. My mom's like, oh my God, like that's a scam. Like send it back, send the money back. I'm like, no, no, no. Like it's legit. But now that I, my whole career surrounds this space, you know, I have my full-time job, which I love. And then I'm, making basically what I'm making at my full-time job doing content creation my parents are very they're all about it now because they see the results um and at the end of the day like again you don't have to prove it to anybody but like you're the one cashing those checks you're the ones getting that uh paypal at the end of the day so um it is a real job it's just as valid it's it's my it might not be as physically demanding but it's incredibly mentally demanding and emotionally strenuous so like, yeah, I, I 
friends who have office jobs and a lot of what they do every day is send emails. It's a much less structured job. Like again, you really don't have the nine to five and there are some ways in which that's really great, but also it's it's doing a lot of the same things that most yeah. people would consider job. Right, because we have this whole conversation of like, quit your nine to five, quit your nine to five. I'm not like pro quit your nine to five because I feel like so many people are like, quit your job and build a business. It's like, that takes years. Stop encouraging people to go into debt. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're into like having that and you have like, it's a, first of all, it's a massive privilege to be able to quit your nine to five. A lot of yeah. people depend on that financial stability and health benefits so I feel like it's it it's speaking of tone deaf it's a little tone deaf to be constantly like barking at people telling them to quit their nine to five because again that is a massive privilege um but it is a good you know social media is a great option for someone who wants to be creative but I think a lot of people don't understand that it is a full-time commitment if you want it to be a hobby it might start that way but very quickly it's going to if you're doing it right it'll turn into a full-time job and then you're kind of stuck You either have to just like stop, delete your account or, you know, keep going. Cool. So we have um, some audience questions from you, (gasps) from you, for you. Oh my God, really? Yes. We have some people that wanted to ask some questions. So I'm going to ask them to you. That is so exciting. One of them was, what is the best way to grow your social media accounts organically? Um, TikTok, 100%. Just, and I'm not like going to be the type of person who's like, post three to five times a day. Like, yeah, sure. That's great. But that's not sustainable for most people, but use TikTok as an opportunity to grow, pick one niche, post that type of content as much as you can. And then at the end of every single video, tell your audience to follow you on Instagram, have your Instagram in your bio. Um, but TikTok is by far the easiest way to grow, um, right now. And it's, I think of TikTok as like an outreach platform and Instagram is a community building platform. Cool. And then the next question was um, for somebody that is like really thinking about taking social media seriously, what are like a couple of your like first tips in like what direction they should go into? Yeah. Um, I'm like, follow my TikTok. No, just kidding. Um, But yeah. Yes, Um, actually, your TikTok is great. I learned (laughs) so much from your TikTok. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I would say like number one step is to decide what type of creator you want to be because there are so many niches. There are so many different types of content that you can create. And I know there's a big argument right now, like, Oh, don't niche down because then you're limiting yourself niche down at first, grow your audience and then start posting whatever you want. Um, so niche down consistency really is key. Just post. Don't think like like quantity over quality have both. Um, but don't feel pressured to like post too much, but the more you post the better always, as long as the quality is good. Um, and then just like follow other creators within your niche and just see what they're doing, see what they're doing. Right. You know, if they're posting videos that are doing really well, how can you not copy, but how can you recreate those videos and make something similar? Those would be like my top three. Awesome. And this last one is sort of a silly one from our friend Miguel. If you're listening to this, he wants to know, (laughs) he wants to know if you've ever gotten scammed. Um, I haven't. No, that's a good question. I think I've been really lucky because I send contracts to every single brand I work with. I don't care if it's going to be a hundred dollar brand deal. I'm sending a contract. And if they don't sign it, then that to me indicates that they were going to scam me. Um, but I did have one brand take my content and post it all over their socials, like running it as ads and everything. And I was like, um, hi, um, I charge for that. And they were like, oh, sorry. And then it took them like weeks to send the payment. I was back and forth with them for weeks. It was terrible. So luckily I haven't been scammed, but a lot of people do. And a quick way to know if you're getting scammed or not, usually if they're reaching out to you through Instagram DM, it's a bad sign. Um, mm. So if you have a brand reach out to you via DM, ask them to send you an email. Um, that way, you know, it's like more legit. And then you should never have to pay for shipping. You should never have to give your bank account info. Um, and just like general, like don't accept gifted collabs because gifted clubs are like basically just telling like these brands that like influencers work for free and influencers don't work for free. If it's your first collaboration, like sure, first or second um, to get that under your belt. But like after that, you should be charging like minimum $100 per post, Mi- like bare, bare, bare minimum, especially if they're going to use the content themselves. So 
Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for yes, joining us today. This is so fun. And I would love to like to, well, Sarah and I did a one-on-one together and that's how yes. we are besties now. Um, so if anyone <laughs> wants to learn how to take social media seriously, I would love to do a one-on-one with you. It's all linked in my bio at my stand store. So we can hang out and we can talk and I can give you like personalized social media feedback. Yeah. Um, how about you plug your Instagram handle, TikTok handle? Whatever. Yeah. So my, um, my Instagram is call me Coley, like C A L L M E K O L I. And then my TikTok is just Coley Marks media marks, not like Carl, um, M A R K S. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Coley Marks media on TikTok and call me Coley on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coley. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It was so nice talking with you. You yeah. too. Have Bye. a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye. So that was our first guest. Oh my gosh. We hope you enjoyed. Besides all the technical issues, that was just such a fun interview. It was. Y'all won't really get to experience the technical issues because we didn't record any of that. So no. that's just for us to know. It's for us to know. Um <laughs> <laughs> For us to know and experience. But yes, you guys should totally follow Coley on all of her social media. I, especially if you're somebody that's looking to take social media seriously, she came up on my For You page one day and I just got like such a great vibe from her and what she was putting out there. She's so fun. She is. And she just gr- gave such like great advice. And then I ended up doing a one on one call with her because you know, as I'm starting to take this more seriously, I was just curious with somebody who has a little bit more knowledge than I do. And she was so helpful. So fun. We ended up having a lot in common. And so I'm really happy she was able to join us. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. So that is this week's episode of Completely Fucking Clueless. Do not forget to rate and review our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok at completely the F-C-K-I-N-G, Clueless. And then Instagram is completely F-U-C-K-I-N-G, Clueless. You know, censorship. (laughs) (laughs) And come back next week for our episode next week. We are really so grateful for all of y'all that are listening, reviewing, following us. You have no idea how much it means to us. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. It really, it just, it means more than you can possibly imagine to us truly all right y'all we will see you next week bye and be clueless i still don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i know i told you to say it but I still don't like it. okay bye, bye.